Hi, welcome back to Eat Lunch and Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins, and with me today, I have Aaron Dean. Hello, Aaron. Hey, Adam. Super nice of you to have me on the show today. Oh, no problem. Why don't you give everybody a quick intro of who you are and what you do for the gaming community? Absolutely. So uh, nowadays, I'm mostly just a board gamer like everyone else, but uh, back in 2017, I believe, or actually it was 2018, Uh, I launched a Kickstarter uh, for the love of board games. It's a book where I interviewed some of the top board game designers uh, in the industry. Um, And I also worked for several board game publishers for a while. I did some social media work for Lucky Duck Games. Uh, They are the publisher of Chronicles of Crime, among others. And then I also did some work for Genius Games, which is a local St. Louis board game publisher. Uh, But nowadays, um, I mostly just, you know, consume the hobby. I host regular game nights and not doing too many things professionally these days. But that about sums it up. Nice. Yes, your book for love of board games. So I was a backer on Kickstarter. And uh, when I got the book, my son, uh, he was like, oh, what's this book about board gaming? And I'm like, oh, you know, she interviewed a bunch of uh, board game designers. And so he's young. Uh, he's eight now. So I guess he was probably six or seven. That became our bedtime book. So we read it cover to cover. Every last interview oh of every God. last designer. <laughs> so he was excited when I we got to that. Yeah, he was really excited when we got to a Wolfgang Kramer. That's one of his favorites. Um, It's odd for an eight-year-old to have a favorite designer, I think. But, you know, (laughs) why not? I'm impressed. You raised him right. My goodness. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So now we've been, we work our way through board gaming books every night. That's our, uh, that's his bedtime book. So (laughs) Uh, I had a couple questions about the book. Oh, God. Yes. So, so much. We, We play so many games. That's awesome. Yeah, no, and shoot away with your questions on the book. So when you did it, did you, like, how did you reach out to, the, you had over 50 people in your book, and I'm sure you reached out to more, but how, how did you do that? Just reach out to them blind or? Yeah, no, great question. So as far as approaching the 50 plus designers, I kind of went about it in different ways for each one. So some of them, I found their board game geek username and contacted them straight on the board game geek site. Others, I, you know, was able to find their email. Sometimes they'll have like a professional website or after I would interview a designer, I'm like, Hey, do you have so-and-so's email? You know, know, it was just like a chain reaction. And I, I, you know, it was through email, board game geek, some of them, I think I was even messaging them on Facebook, but how I went about it is I came up with the list of people I wanted to interview, sure. um, and I basically just tackled it that way. Okay, like, who haven't I found a contact for? I haven't found an email for them, so let me try to do Board Game Geek, and it was like this huge, like, Google Doc of just, like, trying to get their contact <laughs> info. Yeah, because I was curious, because, you know, running this podcast now and doing these interviews, you know, I, I do. The, I'm doing the same thing. That's how I reached out to uh, one person was through uh, Board Game Geek. Another one was through uh, Facebook. A couple of them I've contacted through Kickstarter. Like, just how can I? How can I find this person? And you just sit back and think, okay, I guess I'll try this and see what happens. 
No, that's exactly how I approached it too, Adam. It's just uh, kind of, you know, if if the first option doesn't work and you can't find an email address, then you just go to the next, you know, just like keep going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, there were some on my list that for whatever reason, I didn't interview, maybe I just could not find their contact info or uh, you know, it just depended, but a lot of them, you know, going down the list of, you know, just how many people are active online nowadays that one of the routes I was able to figure out how to get a hold of them. No, that's, yeah, it's been the, it's been the definite, the, the challenge is trying to figure out what route to take for everybody. And it is different depending on who you're trying to get a hold of. For sure. So how did you get into gaming? Yeah, no, great question. Um, you know, I always enjoyed, you know, traditional mass market games growing up, like Guess Who and Clue and um, the Game of Life. But I, I would say I really became a fan of the hobby uh, and an active board gamer when my aunt gifted me Ticket to Ride um, for, I think it was for Christmas during high school. And that game just kind of totally just made me want to dive into the hobby. Like it was such a fun game. It played in an hour. There was a lot of strategy to it. It wasn't like all luck based. Like I was just like, wow, this, it just really piqued my interest right away. And I had fun playing with my family over that particular holiday season. And then it just kind of snowballed from there, you know, found board game geek, started looking into other games and playing other games. And then it just, yeah, now it's I. <laughs> now you can't stop. <laughs> I can't stop. I can't stop. You know, I just—it's a wonderful hobby, and yeah, that's how it all started. So let's pretend we're not in a pandemic, and I come over to your house. What game is sitting out on your table to play? Yeah, I would say right now the game on my table is Cubitos. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It just came out from the publisher AEG, which I think they do that. They do a cat game. They do, um, uh, is it Love Letter? They do a lot of different games. So big publisher. But they just came out with this game where it's kind of like a dice. Uh, it almost has similarities to like Quacks, the the game uh, Quacks of Quildenberg, uh, because it's like dice bag pooling, and it's it's also has like a race element to it. Um, I actually haven't played it yet, but I've watched a ton of playthroughs on it and it's sitting on my table. I've read through the rule book and now it's just a matter of actually playing it. So that's, that's what got on my table. Isn't that great though? Like even in in the last three years, the amount of playthrough videos, man, who like, they always say write a good rule book, but man, anymore, you just need to have a good review to a good playthrough. Who needs who even needs rule books? I know, and it just really depends on how people learn best, because just like in the education system, some people learn best of, you know, watching a playthrough, others really do learn best from reading the rule book from cover to cover, and I like a little combination of both, because it kind of irons out all the, like, you know, if there are any fiddly rules or any confusing parts, you know, um... But yeah, it's 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 a really cool game. It's dice drafting, kind of push your luck, racing. Um, so I'm super excited to play it. Nice. I, I picked up uh, Pendulums, the one that's sitting out on my table that I haven't yet played. Oh, nice. Got it, got it all punched out, all set out. And I'm like, I just need to find an hour to play it. 
Yeah, no, that's the first step is the punching out and the learning of it. And yeah, no, that, that's always super exciting. The, the, the buildup of the first playthrough. So, yeah. So during, like I said, I don't know if you're working from home. I think you said you were when we talked earlier um, before working from home. Did you play board games with your coworkers at lunch? Yeah, you know, they're, uh, you know, I, I think I'm in the same boat as you, as you mentioned before, I've been working remote full time since March of last year. But prior to that, we did play some lunch board games, mostly, you know, ones that could be played in 30 minutes. Um, so a lot of roll and writes and just games that, you know, are super easy to jump into and don't take long to play. It's weird because we've kind of started this little like board game empire at work, like because a lot of our employees are hired through like word of mouth and <laughs> it just kind of snowballed from there where all of a sudden we have all these board gamers on the team. Uh, we, a uh, Bowen works for us. He was the previous manager of game night, the board game store. Um, and we have Matthew Coons is, is on our team and he, used to do some work for gray fox game i mean it's just crazy it's all these board gamers and we have a little board game channel in our internal communication <laughs> app it's it's the best yeah we have we have a microsoft teams uh set up at, at our office for uh, all the game we have a, a document with all the games so we know who's got what game We're like hey bring this game in so you said rolling rights that's kind of like my latest addiction what ones are you playing Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I love Roland Wrights as well. I've, I've been playing a lot of Divi dice, which is interesting because you actually write on cards. It's like dry erase. Um, and yeah, that one's been super fun. If you want a meaty Roland Wright, I always go back to like fleet. The dice game is super fun. Uh, I've been playing, uh, it's kind of more of a flip and write than a Roland Wright, but it's Metro X. Uh, that's a super fun one where it's kind of similar to like welcome to, you know, where it's not actual yeah. dice you're rolling, but it's kind of the same idea. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm a huge fan of rolling rights and fillers in general. So yeah. Well, what I like about the rolling right thing is, uh, right now by not being able to go to the office and play, we've been able to maintain playing at lunch with the rolling rights. Cause as long as you have a score sheet and the set of dice or whatever, you're set to go. So we've been playing a lot of uh, the Gonchon Clever. Oh, and, I love uh, that one. Love yeah. that game. Yeah, that one. Quicks is another one we've been playing a lot of. Uh, we got into Ripple Rush. That's a flipping right that came out last year. Um, that's been one of our favorites as well. But yeah, the rolling rights, because you don't have to be right there next to each other and you can still get a good gaming uh, feel. That it's, That's been a lot of fun for us. Yeah, I did the same thing where um, my aunt, my aunt and uncle and cousins, we like to play a lot of board games together. Actually, the one who gifted me Ticket to Ride way back in high school. And um, we we've also been playing a lot of rolling rights like through like FaceTime and stuff, because, again, it's just one of those games that it's super easy to do that. So, yeah, no, I completely relate with that. No. So you said you had a, a lunch half hour, so you didn't. Uh delve too much into the lunch hour the full 60 minutes yeah so um again most of our lunch games that we played before pre-covid were games that could get done like super easy but as far as like 60 minute games go i really love luxor 
uh, by Queen Games. It's a super fun kind of like, um, I don't know if I'd call it, it's not tile placement, but it's kind of, uh, you're, you know, trying to get to the middle of the board where kind of the mummies are at and you're collecting, it's a set collection game, essentially. Uh, it's like a fam, I would say it's a family weight game. Uh, but it's super fun and it, it's fun to kind of plan out your turns because how it works is you have like a hand of cards. I think it's five cards and on your turn, you either choose your rightmost card or your leftmost card as far as what you want to play. And so you can kind of plan how you want your cards to kind of go down the chain of what's next because anytime you draw a new card, it goes in the middle and then it fans out. Oh, nice. Outward. It's it's a really cool concept. That's cool. I'll have to look into that one more. Um, so micro games. I mean, we kind of already hit on those with the uh, with the rolling rights, but uh, it's another you know quick hit games. Uh yeah. No, I was thinking about that, and I as cheesy as it is, and how silly as it is, I really love Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. <laughs> It's. I mean, first off, that title is just amazing, right? But the fact you got through it without laughing is great. Yeah, no, it's and they have a little theme song too. It's it, it's hilarious. <laughs> if you look up their Kickstarter video, it's hilarious because it's like Taco Cat Go Cheese Pizza Taco. It's like it's so catchy and it'll be in your head for days. Believe you me. But um, it's just kind of like a it's a speed like slapping game. It's very silly. Laugh out loud. Just pure fun so uh, sounds like it's up there with the super kitty bug slap oh yeah no exactly and it all it is is a deck of cards i mean like so i mean it's again i mean anyone could make it i mean you could find some (laughs) construction paper in your house and build a version but i would say that's one of my favorite (laughs) micro games yeah i I definitely wrote that one down to look into later for sure (laughs) yeah no i think that might be one your son may enjoy it's just Uh, super silly yeah yeah, we he uh so we read, you know, like I was telling you, you know, we read all kinds of weird stuff at bedtime. And one of the things we read is the uh, GTM magazine, and uh, it had the Super Kitty Bug Slap in there. And so we went into the uh, local game shop, and he he pre-ordered it. So they ordered him a copy of Super Kitty Bug Slap, and he's got it. And they're like, like you know, send me an email. Hey, uh, your son's copy of Super Kitty Bug Slap's in. If you want to come pick it up, so I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> um so a hidden game a hidden gem sorry hidden gem game yeah no i there i feel like there's a lot out there i mean just because so many games are being produced nowadays and it's just like the amount of designers and publishers just keep rising but i would say my number one hidden gem game that i would recommend is tobago which is it's a reverse deduction game. So like you're determining it's basically like a treasure hunting game. Like it's a treasure hunt game, but you're determining where the treasure ends up by playing cards. And eventually once people play cards, whether it's you or your opponents, it'll, it'll deduce where the treasure actually is. And then everyone just races over there to get it. (laughs) Um, But super pretty components. I mean, some of the best components I've ever seen in a game super fun game not a lot of people know about it that i've you know it's just one of those games and it's it's from early 2000s like it's not a game that's come out in the past couple years but 
you can still find it at some places, but super fun. Yeah, and then one more quick hidden gem game I'd recommend is Marrakesh. And that's a rug laying game. Like it literally has these beautiful fabrics that you lay down and you have this rug inspector come and over the, the board and kind of inspect these rugs. But it's, it's simply, it's a very simple area control game. But again, super pretty components. It's a great game to play in 30 minutes. Um, but yeah, that would be another hidden gem game I'd recommend. I'm all about the games you get within a lunch hour. Uh, oh, for sure. Because like we like I you know when we started playing at the office, it all started off with Catan. And oh, by the way, how do you say that? The settlers of settlers of Catan. I'm right there okay. with you, Adam. Not <laughs> it the same way. That's good. That's good. Otherwise, I'd have to just hit end and we're done. Um, but uh, we started off playing Catan, and then it just really spiraled from there and we have you know we had four or five people now we have over 20 uh and everybody like i said we got the the teams document that has all the all the games that everybody owns and we're constantly playing new games and even over the this this year that we haven't been able to really get together too much a lot of emails flying back and forth you know hey i got this game you gotta check it out and it's, it's we got a good group of people going so Always writing down new ideas for games to play, especially ones we can get in in a lunch hour. Yeah, one of my other questions, and I, I kind of already know the answer, but uh, is uh, if you're a Kickstarter backer, creator, both? Yeah, um, you know, I, I've just created that one Kickstarter back in 2018. But uh, from, you know, every now and again, I will back some games, even some non-board game Kickstarters, uh, you know, I just recently backed this super high tech bird feeder that has this like live webcam and like, it's just crazy how much stuff is on Kickstarter nowadays that is just super cool products. But um, yeah, I back every now and again, but it's not something I do like super regularly. That's safe. It's safe for your wallet. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. I, I have some friends where, I mean, it's it's nuts about how many games they back. And to me, I'm more of like an instant, I want instant satisfaction. So I'm just like, uh, here I'm just parting away with $60 and I'm never going to, I'm not going to see this game until next summer or whatever. And so I usually, that depending on the timeline of the game, that's kind of what usually stops me from back in two men yeah one of my good buddies he did that he backed something and it was you know it's months out it's now it's coming i think it's supposed to be next month but he's been waiting for eight months or whatever and they're on track it's not like it's late he just he's just like i i I can't this waiting is killing me and i'm like buddy that's all the thing about kickstarter is you you, it's all about faith and all about waiting (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and if you get so crazy where you're back and Kickstarter's left and right, you'll still always have a game coming to your doorstep. Soon, <laughs> but you got to build up to that, right? Right. I've got a. Well, I just I was joking with one of my other friends who's also a huge Kickstarter backer. I got a tracking number. It just emailed to me. I'm like, hey, your shipment is sent, and here's the tracking number. No idea what it is. Just they. I just had this tracking number, and I was like, well, it's due here today. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's like, going to what be, it, but something's coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, that was, that's yeah. when you know, that's when you know you're a super backer right there. Yeah, you're backing way too much at that point. Yeah, I've I've had to step back a little bit, uh, but, it, you know, I, I couldn't help myself. 
uh, on a couple here lately. But uh, yeah, I was like, got a tracking number. No idea what's showing up, but something's coming to my house today. And <laughs> we'll see what it is. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that, oh. is, that is, I mean, that is so, so relatable to everyone who backs, you know, and there are so many, that's again, how a lot of these new games are being rolled out, right, to the industries through Kickstarter, so you are not alone, Adam, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, I know I'm not alone, there's definitely uh, no fear in that. So, back to your book, how long did it take you to reach out to everybody, conduct all the interviews, compile it all together from start to finish. What did that, what would that look like? Yeah. As far as how long it took me, I, I mean, I think if memory serves correctly, I started in like, I, you know, again, I compiled that list of designers and I kind of just had this idea and I ran with it and all the interviews, it didn't really take that long. I mean, it took me probably, I started working on it like early 2018, like in the spring and like late winter. And then once all the interviews were done, I really started like marketing it and like building up my mailing list. Like, hey, what cover do you like the most? And what designer should I interview next? And like, just kind of put information out there to like, get involvement in like different board game Facebook groups and stuff. Um, And then that's, and then I launched it, I believe like late August, 2018. So, I mean, it really didn't take that long. It was like uh, in the course of just several months. That's uh, impressive. Yeah. But then obviously once the, once the Kickstarter project ended, then it was the, you know, (laughs) it was the editing and the actual like, you know, figure out the print files with the printer and like all the shipping. And so, I mean, obviously there's a lot of stuff that comes after when a Kickstarter launches, but as far as the work before then, that's kind of what it entailed. So my son wants me to ask, do you have a second book coming out of more designers? You know, that's a funny question because (laughs) I, you know, back, um, I can't even, it was, I want to say it was a year or so ago, I had an idea for a second book, uh, and I actually, you know, had talked to a board game, a well-known board game publisher, and they were going to actually publish the book, and like, handle all the shipping and the logistics, and like, oh my gosh, that would be perfect, right? I don't have to deal with that myself now, Um, but it ended up kind of blowing up in my face, there were some issues, and... So I ultimately just decided to table the project. Um, but to answer your son's question, maybe someday. Uh, but for now, there's nothing in the works right now. I mean, he could probably give you a list of designers he wished that you interviewed the last time. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sure. Yeah. And there again, I mean, I just scratched the surface, right? There oh, absolutely. So many designers out there. So many, even like you said, you're from St. Louis. I'm from St. Louis. There's so many just here in St. Louis. You could have a book just of St. Louis designers. We, uh, like I said, we had a great time reading the book cover to cover. Um, you know, when it, it started this whole weird thing, like I, like I was telling you, we, we've got, I got a whole shelf of books here that, you know, we, we've been, I mean, who reads, you know, design, get board game designer books to their kid, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, yeah, no, that is, that really just warms my heart as far as, like, you guys reading it cover to cover and, like, 
I had no idea that those things would be happening, you know, putting that project out there. And that's, that's super cool. So I don't know. It's a great book. I, I, I picked it up or I heard you talking on uh, Gabe Barrett's uh, podcast. Oh yeah. 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 That's mm-hmm. where I heard you. And I was like, immediately wrote it down. I had like this sticky note, you know, my office wall, like this waiting. I'm like, okay, I got to keep my, my eye and ear out for this Kickstarter when it hits. And then that's awesome. When it did, I jumped on it. Yeah. You'd be amazed what, you know, people do. <laughs> it's like, hey, I want that book. Let me write that down real quick. Yeah. I, do you have any other sticky notes that you're hoping to track down some other projects right now? Oh, man, I've got, I mean, like you were saying, I haven't moved mine to a Google Doc yet, but uh, I've got a whole list of people to interview, games to write reviews for, just, oh, nice. you know, working it out, you know, still getting... Still getting my feet wet in this uh, podcast thing. So, but I really appreciate yeah, people gotta, like you. Just got to tackle it bit by bit, you know, just start chugging away at it. And all of a sudden that list is going to have to grow. Yeah. That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> it's going <laughs> to yeah, get well, too long. You to worry, yeah. You don't have to worry about it right now. It looks like you got a good list to get started and that can be a, a future problem, right? But yeah. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, I've I've also been very uh, very happy at how approachable everybody's been, and you know how nice people have been, and oh sure, let's why not? You know, sure, let's do let's do this. So, yeah, I, I would I I would agree with the fact that most of the board game community is very welcoming and friendly, and there were a few designer, or I, well, honestly, just one comes to mind that. I mean, it was, it was not a pleasant experience and I won't name the designer, but you know, there's always those bad apples out there, but I, I, mm. I tend to agree with, yeah, I almost a, a lot of the designers I interviewed were just super friendly and yeah. So otherwise there'd be no book, right? If everyone just said, no, I don't want to talk. <laughs> be a very short book. Yeah. Cover, yeah. cover here. Here's who I reached out to back cover. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So do you still have a lot of the uh, books sitting around your your place? Yeah, well, the pub, the printer that I used to print the books, I mean, it was it was the situation where it's like, oh, pay $50 extra and you get 300 more books. Like, it was like, you know, certain tiers that <laughs> it would like break certain brackets <laughs> pricing-wise. So now I'm just left with all these books lying around. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you go to like Vista Print, you're like, I just need 200 business cards. And like, well, for a dollar, you could have a million. And you're like, know, well, it's I only a dollar. Exactly. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right where it's like, oh, you know, ten dollars fifty or you know ten quantity fifty quantity a hundred and then once you start getting into thousands it's like nuts how much like you you know just for fifty dollars more you can get and then you know i don't know oh yeah that's where they get you that's where they get you for sure yeah i remember your campaign with the different covers and then you have the different bookmarks and all that uh all those uh fun little voting on and stuff during the campaign and after so but if anybody wants a copy, how can they get a copy? Yeah, no, good question. Good question. Um, I would say if they want a copy, the best way to go about it would just be to email me directly at loveofboardgames at gmail.com. So that's L-O-V-E-O-F boardgames at gmail.com. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, no, that'd be great. But um, yeah, I mean, one of the favorite, one of my 
favorite things about when we did the campaign was doing all the like artwork for the designers like making Richard Garfield into a Magic the Gathering character or making uh you know Jamie Stegmeier into a character in uh Viticulture and like mimicking the different artwork of those designers you know most memorable games for kind of like promotional purposes for the book so that that was fun to work on oh I bet yeah get over 2000 backers that's insane yeah and that i mean that definitely didn't happen overnight i mean i when i pressed the launch button i already had a mailing list of 2000 people that were somewhat interested in the book whether it was like through the engagement i kind of did beforehand on facebook groups and stuff so i think that really attributed to the success of the campaign because for like a good three to four months after kind of the idea was fleshed out and most of the interviews were done, I kind of marketed it before it launched and built up that mailing list. So when I hit launch, it, you know, hit its our, our, our Kickstarter goal within the first day. So it, uh, oh, that's great. Yeah. It, it ended up, you know, really working out well. So. I appreciate, you know, backers like yourself who believed in the book and made it possible. Oh, yeah. I mean, my name's in the back of it. I can, I know right where it is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. So if anybody wants to reach out to you for a copy, they can get it at loveofboardgames at gmail.com. Any other way people can reach out to you if they have any questions? That would be the best way. The best way? Well, that's the only that's the best way. As we both know from trying to reach out to people, you gotta find the best way and exploit it. Yeah, and I, I am I am leaking that information right here on this podcast. The best way, <laughs> I mean, you could go and try to find my board game geek username, which I sometimes check, but the best way to get a hold of me uh, would definitely be that email. Well, that's what I did. That's I found it. It was in the front of the uh front of your book, and I'm like, hey. There, uh, there's there you a way go. to that, reach out to her. Yeah, you got to kind of do some detective work. So now I'm, I was curious how you, yeah, found the email. So that that makes sense. Right there in the front of the book, I'm like, well, by golly, that's how I'm going to do it. I love it. All right, well, Aaron, I'd like to thank you for being on my show today. Yes, thank you. You can reach me on Facebook at facebook.com/slash/eatlunchandboardgame, or always email me at eatlunchandboardgame@gmail.com. And remember, keep building those bridges. Stay in tune with all things sports around Indiana and the nation with the Crash Course Podcast. Each week, we tackle the big storylines from the world of the Colts, Pacers, and the Indiana College scene, while also keeping a pulse on the nation. We record live weekly at twitch.tv slash 3C Media, and can be found on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard, you can catch the Crash Course Podcast. Average Joe's Gaming is a weekly podcast brought to you by us. I'm Joe. I'm Tom. We talk about all things game-related. In this hour-long podcast, you'll discover what has arrived in the game room, which Funko Pop Tom just could not resist, and maybe, if you're lucky, we might get around to talking about games. Might. Tune in weekly. You can find us on all of your favorite podcast formats. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have 
ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.